Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Good morning, everybody. What's up? Good morning. By Progressive Insurance. All guests join on the Goodyear hotline. So the Buccaneers have released Antonio Brown. A team official told ESPN's Adam Schefter that A.B. was agitated about not getting the targets he was expecting when he had to be calmed down. A.B.'s attorney told ESPN's Jenna Lane that A.B. wasn't upset about the lack of targets. It was not upset about the lack of targets. And A.B. released a statement saying he was too hurt, too injured to go back into the game. Here is Bucks head coach Bruce Arians yesterday. That was a, the disturbing thing when we were looking for him to go back into the game. All right, we always had, uh, he was very upset at halftime about who was getting targeted. Got that calmed down. Players took care of that. It started again on the sideline. We called for the personnel group that he had played in the entire game. He refused to go in the game. That's when I looked back and saw him basically wave off the coach. I then went back, approached him about what was going on. Uh, I ain't playing. What's going on? I ain't getting the ball. That's when I said, you're done. Get the F out of here. And that's the, that's the, that's the end of it. And uh, we, are work, we are working on Carolina. That's the end of the story. And um, hopefully it ends today. You can't force a player to play. I mean, they, they have that choice. It's their body. And uh, he decided to play. He and Mike both were on pitch counts. All right. And um, we were trying to manage that as best we could in the first half. So, Jay, you brought up a great point, I thought, about the Bucks and Tom Brady actually helping A.B. hit his incentives at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get into that? Yeah, they were playing They were playing the Atlanta Falcons. It was 44-27, to 27, about two minutes left to go in the game. Uh, their offense was probably going to just run the ball out, right, run the clock out. But essentially, they targeted Brown on three plays in a row instead of running the ball and not got him 250 k max. I mean, they actually, Tom Brady got him his bonus. <laughs> so, like, there's been history there with them taking care of him. And, look, I, I get that A.B. was probably frustrated about that, even though they did have one other game against the Panthers next. But it just, it, it, it's just my opinion on it, guys. It, it seems like there was um, – there was this hunger for, for money from A.B., which I can't be mad at, but even just watching his behavior afterwards with that rant he went on, it went from, hey, I didn't get my catches to I didn't get my incentives. That's what it felt like to all of a sudden I'm going to – my old trainer, I want my 100K. It seems like there was just my feeling. It seems like there was a need for, like, I need my cash. I need my money, and I'm willing to go to whatever extent to blow people up in order to get it. Yeah, Key, and the reason, like, Key, you framed it earlier in the show, like, hey, don't fall for the okey-doke in the media, but I am fundamentally pro-player, and I'm, I'm not sure I've fallen for okey-dokes before who hasn't, but, but, like, I'm not just like, oh, yeah, I believe the, the you know, the man, the team is going to be right and the player's wrong. I'm the opposite of that. This is not your typical player. A.B., what Jay just described uh-huh. is a pattern with A.B. that goes back several destinations, several stops in his career already, and goes back a couple years already. Okay. But, you don't, are, but, you're, but from earlier in the show, it sounds like that you were basically eh, kind of pro-A.B. here in terms I'm, of, I'm of how it shakes any, out. I'm not pro-anybody, but I also understand that organizations – could certainly steer somebody in a different direction on their opinion. 
I've lived it. I've seen it. Sure. Okay. On top of that, when you speak to incentives in a year, go getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars. The guy was eight catches away from three hundred thirty-three thousand dollars. Eight catches with basically six quarters of football to go. Six quarters of football to go. Now I want you to write this down and pay attention now closely. Eight catches, three hundred something yards. I mean, three hundred something thousand. Then on top of that, one touchdown for another three hundred and some change. Right? One touchdown with six quarters to go. Okay. Another 55 yards, 55 yards with six quarters to go. That's a million dollars when you put it all together. By the way, Key, as, as really the only receiver left standing, right? So there, like there you go. go. And, exactly. and by the way, yeah. and yeah. with I'll Brady point. with incentives. There, there Brady has go. incentives in his contract. On so he's going to want to throw it. On top of what Jay said, last year, Brady helped him get those incentives. Mm-hmm. I have been in a locker room, and I have had a quarterback go around the room on multiple teams at multiple times, charting who needs what so we can <laughs> make sure that we get our money. Yeah. So this notion of A.B. was so mad and money-hungry and want this money and all this sort of stuff, I don't buy it because it's easy to get. He can get that in. He can get that in one quarter if someone's behaving purely rationally all the time. But I don't think that that usually describes you, AB. You he wants to, his money for sure. Max, you have to understand one's personality and what that individual person is thinking at that time. He felt disrespected based on his communication with the head coach on the sideline. And so I don't know who is at fault. I think everybody involved is at fault for something. Again, A.B.'s but, going off the field. He shouldn't. That's crazy. Don't do that. What are you doing? If, if you're mad but, at what's going on, just sit your butt on the sideline to the end of the game, and then we'll deal with it at the end of the game if you don't want to play anymore. You said something so good, though, man. You said you got to try to understand the person's rationale at the time. I think that's the problem. I don't think any of us can understand the rationale behind how A.B. looks at situations. We can try to reason. We can try to subjectively say, this is how I will react. But the way you, myself, or Max would react just seems to be so distant than the way A.B. typically reacts that it makes it difficult to read. Yeah, yeah guys, Rodney Harrison and others, like, there have been people who have speculated openly in the last several days in the media about the Vontez perfect shot that knocked A.B. out cold and what kind of an effect that could have had on him going forward. There's been that. that I'm just – I am calling out the spec. There's been – in other words, Key, his behavior has been so self-destructive and bizarre for so long now that people are actually looking to issues like mental health – CTE. They are lit when when people I'm not, are I'm using. I'm not a doctor, man. Hold on, and Max, let me even add on to that. So, Keith, yeah. just uh, us talking as boys, like we're all boys. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know you're able to compartmentalize and say maybe one doesn't have anything to do with the other, but like for me, it just it's it's kind of glaring. So after the outburst and the disagreement, get out of here. He takes his shirt off. He runs off the field. You're telling me at that moment that he then drops a rap song, like it just. Think about that, Keith, for a second. Like, hey, this is the opportunity where I'm going to drop a rap song. Yeah, and Jay, I just need to finish that. I want to finish the thought because I want to make very clear what I was saying, and I hear you, and that fits into the pattern. Keith, I'm not trying to play doctor either. What I'm pointing out is that the behavior is so bizarre and so self-destructive that there there are many people 
openly speculating about conditions that could, he, that could possibly explain why he's behaving this way. I'm not evaluating whether they're true or not. I'm saying that's the lengths to which people need to go to think, like, why would this dude be acting like this? I've known Antonio Brown for 15 years probably, I guess. Mm-hmm. That behavior has been the same for me. He, he's always been bizarre. Mm-hmm. He's always been a social media doing this. He's always has nothing to do with a hit in a Cincinnati game. He's always been an odd type of dude where you'd be like, this dude ain't playing with a full deck. <laughs> That's not. Uh, yeah, so, I, I think you're probably right. Like, it yeah. seems to me his behavior, like, you know, I, it doesn't seem to be like you take a shot normal, and then it ha- this happens. Dude, I've interviewed Antonio Brown on multiple occasions. I've also mentored him because Todd Haley's asked me to before he was even Antonio Brown. So I've had conversations with him where I'm like, eh, you know, not eh, – I, I don't know that he's sitting in the front row, mm-hmm. okay? I get it. <laughs> like that, no, sitting in the front, front row. row. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, you know that guy that sits in the back row of the classroom, not in the front row? <laughs> yes. That guy. I, so I get it. So that's why I'm always like you cannot just assume these sort of things, especially when you're talking about something serious with one's head. I just that's why I'm like, no, man, we can't do that. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's why I'm not I'm not trying to irresponsibly speculate. No, no, I'm just saying like you're not. I'm just saying like what you have observed over 15 years that you call bizarre. Other people being exposed to that behavior are grasping at straws trying to figure out what could possibly explain this. It's self-destructive. Like, even you think about the time in, with the Raiders, and you could say now, well, what about Gruden, right? Like, that's a whole other thing. But he had all this money guaranteed. Stephen A. used to talk about this on First Take all the time. He just had to not say anything for, like, three days, and he gets $20 million and couldn't help himself. Like, people can't figure it out. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance, with more than 30 unique coverage options available. Progressive knows small business. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. So will A.B. ever play again? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Mike Tannenbaum joins us now, NFL, ESPN's NFL front office insider on the Goodyear hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven, 
What's going on, Mike T? So we've been we've been. Good chopping. morning, guys. Happy. Good, good morning. You're on a, a, a vicious delay here, Mike. Just be aware. About a second or two. Happy New Year. <laughs> there you go. Happy New Year to you. So, you know what? I'm just going to mail you the questions, Mike, and you can mail your answer back. Uh, so what's, what's next for A.B. in the Bucks after uh, he was released yesterday, Mike? You know, it, it's really a very sad and disappointing story. You know, a couple of days ago we were talking on KJM on GetUp about, you know, is there a path where he could have played after what happened on Sunday and I was making the point as a former GM that I think it's unlikely, but because of a week-to-week existence, maybe a team brings him in to meet with the head coach or senior leadership, and it's unlikely that he could sign, but because he's so talented and maybe there was a way. But I think after the last 24 hours, I just think it's inconceivable that he would ever play again because what happens is a Mike McCarthy, a Sean McVay, a Matt LaFleur, if they needed a receiver, they're going to call up Bruce Arians or their GM is going to call Jason Light and say, hey, what happened? And because it ended so badly and it keeps going on, there's no conceivable way that a team's going to say, hey, it's worth it. So if I was Antonio Brown, I would have come out and apologized and said, hey, what I did was wrong. It'll never happen again. But the fact that it's carrying on now, I just think his career is over. I can't imagine a team would sign him. Yeah, um, it seems it seems if you are saying that, because a couple days ago you were like, yeah, he might even get another job this year. But if you're now saying he won't play in the NFL again, that's that's like what's changed between then and now? You said because he, he's still carrying on. What specifically? Yeah, you know, guys, like he's calling out the head coach for lying. He's calling out Tom Brady. He's calling out Tom Brady's trainer. And, you know, Tom Brady used a lot of his equity to get him there because he could help win a championship. He is a great player, one of the best uh, of our era. But – when you call out everyone institutionally the way he did, again, everybody in their own building is going to say, like, well, we may need a receiver. Michael Gallup just got hurt, and we know there'll be more injuries as the playoffs go on. But they're going to say, like, is this worth it? And clearly he's someone that needs help. And, again, it's a sad situation, and hopefully he gets the help that he needs because to do what he did on Sunday and then compound it, I just don't see any path to a team signing. Key, you – like, like here's something, here's something that – that Bruce Arians has pointed to as to why this is on AB, right? No one's coming to his defense, none of his teammates. Like he said, talk to, you know, like look at the team. What do you have to say about that? The te- teammates aren't going to say anything right now while they are under contract playing for a chance to defend their Super Bowl. Let's not be naive to the fact that teammates like Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay. He is a beloved teammate in Tampa Bay. I remember when I was deactivated under John Gruden for six games. And none of my teammates said a word because they could not. The ownership group and and the leadership group went to some of the Hall of Fame players and said, let's just concentrate on doing what we need to do. Let's not comment on what the rift is because that's the way organizations are. they like, no, no, no. And players understand that. They understand that, so they're not going to get caught up in somebody's disagreement while they're still on the team. Wait till they leave that team and watch how many players start to say whatever the problems are. You watch. Jay, that makes sense to me because there are many reasons that that could be the case, including just don't give the fire any oxygen, 
right? Like, don't, don't – we're trying to concentrate here. It's already a distraction. Let's not feed it, right? That makes some sense to me what Key is saying there in terms of not – even though I, A.B. doesn't get the benefit of my doubt at least – that that in the future we could learn more about whatever, for lack of a better word, culpability is on the Tampa or Bruce Arian side. Max, this team just won a Super Bowl last year. They are Super Bowl defending champions. We have one week left in the regular season before we get ready to try to win our second Super Bowl. And all we're talking about is Antonio Brown. So, look, I, I, we could learn more. In the offseason, that's fine. But if you're a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl, you're trying to put together the right core of individuals, you're watching this whole thing, understanding the history and saying, do, do I want to go through that? Do I want to put my team through that? Just the unknowns that come along with it? Is there a chance that a bottom dweller in the league could take a shot on Antonio Brown? Sure, he's talented as hell. Like, the talent speaks for itself. But I, I don't know if a championship contender team or a team that's trying to build the right principles or core values – around, you know, talent, young talent, we want to bring Antonio Brown to the equation. No, I don't. No, um, Mike and Kia, I want you guys to weigh in. On the, what was bizarre to me is A.B. tweeted out, don't get it twisted, these are my brothers, this and that, but he did that after he had posted on his IG story, on his Instagram story, he had posted, like, a meme of a Home Alone 2 movie poster where he is Macaulay Culkin, basically, and the two bad guys are Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. And I was like, hold up, why? Key, Key, isn't that bizarre? Like, why would he depict Brady as a bad guy? Or is he not even thinking like that? He just thinks it's funny or something, right? Because is, Brady's been is, nothing is, but he had his it, back what, the whole time. Was it, I, I don't know, was it Brady or was it Jason Light, the general manager in Bruce Arians? It was Brady. It was Tom oh, Brady. Well, it was Tom, because oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't see it. it. No, I didn't see it. Um... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the way that this dude is thinking in terms of social media. Yeah. I certainly can't see where he would bite off the hand of Tom Brady. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. I just could don't. I don't see it. Mike, Max, could it be? Could it be from the post presser where Tom didn't really like defend him? Defend him? Maybe. I don't know. It could he- be. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's thinking, Mike. Like what? I don't know. Yeah. No. Ma- Meantime, Mike T., um, Mary Kay Cabot reported that Baker Mayfield has issues with Coach Kevin Stefanski's play calling. And Baker responded by calling the report clickbait. How do you see this situation playing out with Baker and the Browns at this point, Mike T.? Yeah, I think it's over. It was disappointing. You know, if you're Baker Mayfield, you should be the CEO of your franchise. You know, he transferred in college. It didn't work out at Texas Tech. To his credit, became the number one pick overall. But for whatever reason, it didn't work out with Freddie Kitchens, Odell Beckham Jr. Now, you know, there could be noise here with Kevin Stefanski. You know, at some point, he's got to look in the mirror and say, hey, i got to play better. And by NFL standards, he's height and speed deficient. And because of that, it's caught up to him. So I'm sure he's frustrated because he's a talented player. And it seems like there's always an excuse or blame around him. If I'm Cleveland... I am scouring my opportunities. They play good football with Case Keenum. I would go with Case Keenum. I would look into Kirk Cousins, who has a relationship with Kevin Stefanski. But it seems like over the last few years, there's just been a lot of noise around Baker Mayfield. And I was going to say, Mike, doesn't it, it feels, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it, it feels like <coughs> Baker Mayfield is going to say the right things because obviously he loves the fans in Cleveland. He, he's always been a guy that I am Cleveland. But there, there are teams out there that you think would, hey, if – 
I told my agent, hey, look, let's see if there are other opportunities out there. But I'm going to defend myself almost like Dame Lillard to a degree, right? I'm not saying those two situations are the same because the talent are, are drastically different. But it's like, hey, there is speculation that there could be other teams out there. Let me see what those other teams could be while I double down and say, I only want to be here and this is clickbait. Right. And, and clearly, you know, every week for ESPN.com, I rank the quarterbacks and you know, there's somewhere between 12 or 15 what you would say are credible starting quarterbacks, you know, when you get down into the Matt Ryans and the Kirk Cousins of the world. And there's clearly not 18, let alone 32. So Baker Mayfield will start in the NFL next year. It could be for Carolina, New Orleans, or whomever. But it's just disappointing that if you have a problem with a reporter, and look, we all know that. Like, we're all big boys. We've all been around this business. You guys have had problems with them. I have. There's a time and a place to handle it. And if you're Baker Mayfield, you're going to call out a reporter on Twitter. That is just not what is a franchise quarterback's behavior. Like, you handle it behind closed doors. That's why you have a PR department. And all you're doing now is inflaming the situation instead of it going away as a one-day story in Cleveland that we're probably not talking about. Now everyone's talking about his reaction. And it just continues. And to call out a reporter publicly like that was just, to me, like unnecessary and uncalled for. See what I'm saying then, Max and Jay? Just what Mike just said about Baker Mayfield's personality, which is calling out a reporter. So clearly, if he wanted to be traded or thinking about being traded, he would walk into Andrew Barry along with Kevin Stefanski and demand that particular uh, particular thing that he's looking for because that's his personality. It, it, it's different than what Mike is used to at the quarterback position from a leadership standpoint. They, this is not 1993. This is not Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe, Peyton Manning. It is different with Baker Mayfield. He is almost like a wide receiver and a running back with his personality, a defensive back. He is not your traditional quarterback. That's why I don't believe that he is out there floating the idea of moving on from the Cleveland Browns. Now, the Cleveland Browns may move on from him, but I just don't believe that. Speaking of a quarterback, Mike, that may be moving on, Aaron Rodgers praised Brian Gutekunst and said that their relationship is certainly uh, on the ups and has changed. How will this impact his decision in the Packers moving forward? Yeah, Key, I thought those comments were somewhat insightful. If I'm Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers, 24 hours after their last game, which for them they hope is in your city, Key, in L.A., is I'd sit down and say, hey, What's important for you on the 2022 Green Bay Packers? We know, obviously, Devontae Adams, but what else, Aaron? And again, you're not making the decision. Your job is to play quarterback, but your feedback is valued. It's necessary, and it's going to help us make decisions. So I would keep running that same play for several weeks, well before I ever address this situation, because I want him to know that we heard his complaints. We've tried to learn and adjust. And look, it's working there. He's playing great. They're playing great. And if I'm them, I keep running the same play until I know that he's there next year. That's Mike Tannenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, on the Goodyear Hotline. Thank you, as always, Mike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. The conversation on Baker and A.B. continues with someone who has coached both. Todd Haley is coming on with us now, the newly named head coach and general manager of the Tampa Bay Bandits, the USFL. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good, man. Congratulations on your new gig with the Tampa Bay Bandits and your future 
wide receiving big time signing in Antonio Brown. I hear that's coming down the pipeline. <laughs> uh, that would be something. <laughs> would, Go Ty, would you would you bring Antonio Brown in, having coached him, and I, I I believe he had his most successful years as a football player when he was the offensive coordinator for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Would you, and you know him very well. Would you bring him in? Um, first of all, I love AB. Uh, I loved everything about him. Um, I've had some emotional uh, wideouts in the past, Keyshawn. Uh, you may have known a couple of them or yourself, um, you know, that are passionate about getting the football but work their butts off and, and do, you know, just want to help the team win. Um, I don't know all the details of what went on. Um, I, I, I haven't even sat down and really talked to the league. But, you know, what I know of AB, um, you know, without judging too much, <laughs> I w- I would much like I used to say to you, Keyshawn, if we were if we were playing pickup in the parking lot, I'd pick you first. Um, you know, and he's one of those type of guys. Uh, you know, you <laughs> that's the guy you want on your team first. So then, Todd, let me ask you this: what what kind of personality traits do you think it takes from a coaching perspective in order to help AB be successful on your team? How do you need to deal with him on a consistent basis? Well, I think with A.B., it's all about trust. Um, you know, if he trusts that you're you're putting him in the best possible position to succeed, uh, like most players, but, uh, you know, especially with him. I mean, he came from a very tough upbringing. Um, you know, I've said this many times. Some of the, the qualities that have allowed him to become a great uh, wide receiver in the NFL, one of the best, uh, and put up some numbers that are just hard to believe at times. Uh, that quality that pushed him, even though he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, uh, but some of those qualities that drive him as a player also can, can you know, get in his way at times, and, and we've obviously seen some of that. But, uh, you know, as far as a worker and a, and, a, and a person to be around on a daily basis, I mean, he is energy all day long, uh, but he needs to trust you. And I think in, in Pittsburgh, for the most part, um, you know, he trusted Coach Tomlin, obviously. He, he trusted me. He, he trusted Ben. Uh, you know, and it was a good combination. But, but again, you don't get to where he's gotten uh, uh, without, again, he's not gifted with some of the tools that some, some of these guys are gifted with. Uh, he did it through hard work and dedication and passion, desire. So, um, it's a fine line sometimes when you have a guy like that. So uh, number one thing is trust. Talking to Todd Haley here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Coach, um, you mentioned Big Ben. If this week is his final game with the Steelers, as it appears it will be, what will you remember about coaching uh, the future Hall of Famer? Uh, number one, you know, he's just a great football player. Um, not just a quarterback, I mean, a, a natural, um, really complete package. I mean, you're big, you're strong, uh, you're tough, you can throw any football that needs to be thrown. You have great field vision and understanding of the game. I mean, there wasn't a time that he was surprised out there by much, you know, which is a trait you're looking for 
and some of these young quarterbacks that they don't all have. Uh, just just knowing that every time you took the field, you generally had a pretty good chance to win a game if, if he were playing. Todd, um, it appears that just after one year, of, you had Baker Mayfield for basically a year, but it appears after leading them to the playoffs a year ago that these two, the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, could be having some issues and he could, could be a divorce happening this offseason. What do you think the biggest issues with Baker Mayfield is right now and in Cleveland, having been there and seen him and coached him up, why is he struggling so bad outside the injuries? Well, I think, Keyshawn, number one, um, you know, when you're drafted number one overall, uh, you know some of this. I mean, the expectations that are put on you are, are sometimes uh, not all fair. Uh, now you're talking about a quarterback that was drafted number one overall. Um, in that draft, you know, you know, for me personally, uh, as we went through the process of looking at all those guys, you got a, a bunch of teams, the Browns being one of them, desperate to uh, find a, you know, face of the f- franchise type quarterback. I don't know if in other years those guys would have got drafted necessarily where they did. Uh, so first you have a, a number one pick overall label on you for life. Uh, that creates a lot of pressure, expectations. Uh, everybody's expecting unbelievable things. I, I really like Baker. Uh, I he, He's obviously tough. He obviously can throw the football. You know, I think the limitations are he's not the biggest guy and he's not the fastest or elusive guy. So uh, if you're going to – there are guys that have played quarterback – uh, that were similar. Kurt Warner comes to mind. Drew Brees comes to mind. But uh, you better uh, morph into that type of player pretty quick, and it's hard, uh, especially when you're starting right out of the gate. Uh, playing quarterback in the NFL, especially as a young player, is very difficult, very difficult to understand the coverages, the reads, all the things, all the pressures that come with being a quarterback of a team. Um, you know, you need a quality that can allow you to survive. And, and when you're not really fast and elusive and you're a little bit undersized, uh, you start taking hits, and, and those hits start to start to pile up. And, and I think that's the biggest question. When he's healthy, he can play. But can he stay healthy with these 265-pound guys that can run 4-5 coming around the edge at him, uh, you know, year in and year out? That's the biggest question. That's the biggest issue. It has nothing to do with his ability. Uh, I think the issue is just that, and, and it's, and it's caused guys through the years, uh, you know, problems in that area. Oh, I'm only coming to Tampa Bay to be a bandit's assistant if I'm calling plays, Todd. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've already had Kurt Warner turn, turn me down. I mean, I, I, I've had more turndowns already, so you're just another in a long list, uh, Key. But uh, I will let you be the coordinator. Uh, just just pack a bag and, and, and take a little brief hiatus from uh, ESPN, and, and let's do it, man. Congrats, that is, man. Congratulations. That is Todd Haley, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for jumping on, Coach. We get you ready Enjoyed for Enjoyed it. Thank you for having me always. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. You've got questions and we've got options. Take your pick. This is Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Champ Bailey joins us at 9, 10 a.m., Eastern. You can tune into a football doubleheader Sunday as the Jaguars host the Colts, followed by Jets at Bills. Coverage begins at noon on select ESPN radio stations. Time for take your pick. Ooh, Evan. Evan, you got you got some killers in this one. I looked at the list already. What do we got? Yeah, so we're going to ask you, say a statement, give you two options, and you're going to take your pick. Uh, so a little different. Week 18, getting you ready for the playoffs. So let's go. Bigger playoff impact, Jay. Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins, if they both come back? Who has a bigger playoff impact? Take your pick. I'll go with Derrick Henry on this one. Just understanding, even though the run game has been impressive over the last couple of weeks, I think just bringing back that guy with that offense and the way that defense is playing. um, I love Arizona, but I think Derrick Henry is a bigger one in this one. Yeah, I think it's DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm not picking him just because I played the position. I think that when you're facing the teams that you're going to face in the playoffs, that you're going to have to score points when you're playing against the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Los Angeles Rams. You need a guy like DeAndre Hopkins because you're a high-octane offense when he's on the football field. The the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry, they're doing fine. They're running the football. He certainly has strength in the team, but the Arizona Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins, one of the top four or five receivers in the league, you certainly need him on the field. Yeah, I, I, I would actually say DeAndre Hopkins, too. I think the bottom line is, you know, I think Arizona's live to win a Super Bowl, even though, Key, I agree with all your stuff. They're a year away, and they're young, and da-da-da, all that stuff, warm weather, dome, all that. Because of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, it, make, it gives them a puncher's chance. Max, you and I are not seeing eye-to-eye today. I know. We're disagreeing more than so right. weird. Let's see if we can get you guys on board. Key. To get who gets back to the Super Bowl this year? Who are you betting on? Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Take your pick. Ooh, Ooh. I'm gonna take Bill Belichick if it was this season, just because I think when you look at the AFC, it feels like an easier path because you're either going to Tennessee, which you know, they fall, that, their style of play may fall right into your defensive hands. Yeah, I think so. Because Tampa Bay's got to go back to Green Bay. It's not a year ago. It's the full fans. It's different. It'll be different. 
Yeah, if we just didn't have this whole blow up with Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, the way that whole injury went, like I, I probably would have gone Tampa Bay, but Green Bay obviously is my pick to come out of NFC. I, I'll go with the passes because of Bill Belichick, even though I know Kansas City is rolling. I know Tennessee getting Derrick Henry back. There are a lot of contenders in the AFC, but I'll go with Bill Belichick and the Pats. I got to go with the Bucks just because Mac Jones is a rookie. Jeez, He's a rookie quarterback, however you want to slice it. He's a rookie quarterback. Eventually it'll happen. One day a rookie will win it, but I just give me Tom Brady in the moment of truth in the playoffs if they can keep it close over Mac Jones. So I got to go with the Bucks. All right, who's more likely to get back to the Super Bowl? Back to the Super Bowl, Bucks or Chiefs? Jay, I'll go. I'll go Chiefs on this one. I just once again we talked about Max. If you're saying your point is about trusting Mac Jones and a rookie quarterback, I get all that. Those are my hesitations too with the Pats even though I think they're a team destined for it this year. Um, Derrick Henry coming back for Tennessee is still going to be a big thing, but I would go Kansas City more so than I would go what's happening. Yeah, I'm going to go Kansas City. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are missing some of their top wide receiving threats. The Kansas City Chiefs are not. Um, this league is made up of offense and scoring, and in the playoffs, until you get to the Super Bowl, you've got to be able to have a top-notch offense in that divisional wild-card round as well as in the championship game, and I think Kansas City has that. Listen, let me pat myself on the back. I took the Chiefs to win eight straight games, and they did exactly on the nose, eight straight. It's the Chiefs all day here. I still don't feel like they've put a complete game together, right? Like, Mm. I I still feel like we have yet to see the best of them, and and they have a shot still to win the conference. I think you're lying, Max, because you didn't bet on those eight games. I I think it it wasn't on our show. Was it on our show or was it on this just I, in? On this just in, I was saying it constantly, but maybe yeah, – I yeah, think on this yeah. show too. You say different things on that show than you do on our show. Interesting. Well, that, I like it. Hedge, hedge your bet, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you got he it. smart. If you got it, man, he use did, it. He didn't take the Tom Brady fall off a cliff route. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm the reason he won all those Super Bowls. Didn't you watch the thing? The, what was it called? Uh, man the, in the man, Arena. Man got the from arena. Chopra. I got it. I do That's all right. the reads. Who do you trust more to get back to the playoffs? Ryan, sorry, who do you trust more in the playoffs? Ryan Tannehill or Matthew Stafford, Jay? Uh, Jeez. Tough one. I'll go go Tannehill just because I've seen that playoff run, even though nobody really expected it. And just bringing Derrick Henry back in the way they play, and Vrabel and their defense, it's not just the quarterback. It's the overall team to me. I'll go to Tennessee Titans, and I'll go Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, sort of kind of what Jay is saying. Like, I'm not really leaning on Ryan Tannehill to win the playoff games. Where Matthew Stafford, you know, he's thrown seven interceptions in the last several games. He's tried to give away the last two games with those five picks. Unfortunately, the offenses couldn't capitalize and enough points. So I am trusting Tannehill just because he doesn't have to do as much. This is such a good question, Evan, that it's almost changing my whole world view. Like, I I was going to say Tannehill. I I didn't think Tennessee was as live as others do because I don't believe in Tannehill, but when it comes down to it, to me, give me steady Eddie in the playoffs instead of boom or bust Matthew Stafford. I don't trust Stafford is the bottom line. And I guess I trust Tannehill more. That's crazy to me that I'm even saying that. Max, only you would extract a worldview from yeah. the comparison of Matthew Stafford and Ryan Tannehill. The whole you. thing. Everything's changed. All right. Yeah. I think we got time for maybe two more. But, so be quick here. Yes. Bigger playoff liability. 
Cliff Kingsbury or Mike McCarthy key? Cliff Kingsbury. Mike McCarthy, <laughs> Mike McCarthy has certainly been there and done it. He understands what the playoffs is all about. Cliff Kingsbury is a young head coach. He'll most likely be on the road throughout the playoffs. It's a different, it's a different energy in the playoffs with a young quarterback that hasn't ever been. Um, yeah, I don't think Mike McCarthy, as much as you want to, try and place blame on Mike McCarthy and say he's going to screw it up, I don't think that'll be the case. Key, he said be quick. Did you see the game against the Cardinals? Uh, it's been an ongoing theme. I'm going with Mike McCarthy. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's a bigger liability. I, I agree. That's all. Yep, we only got That's one it. in. Evan was well, trying to get two. Then Key went for 25 seconds. Why one it's NFL coach go for had to save my bad? Show. Mike McCarthy R- won't have to save R- my bad until he messes up a playoff game. But this coach already did. That's next. KJM on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. 